In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my Upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 284 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. As always, I'm super excited to be connecting with you, and I've got a really special guest for you today. I'm super excited. Uh, But before I get there, I just want to thank you so much for participating in the podcast tour. I heard so much great feedback from you. And if you're new to me now, you came here by way of the podcast tour, then welcome. I'm super excited you're here. And just so you know, I'm very active in my DMs on Instagram. You can send me a message there. Just introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about what's going on in your life, your love life. I always respond and I I just really, truly love connecting with you there. So I'm Veronica E. Grant. If you haven't said hello, make sure you say hello. And also, if you're new to the show, then again, a big welcome. I tend to do a interview on the last Thursday of the month, which is where we are right now. I also tend to do a coaching episode. So I bring either a client or a member of this community onto the show the first and third Thursdays of the month. And the second episode of the month is a solo episode where I'm teaching on a specific topic as it relates to your love life. So if you have guest suggestions, if you have topic suggestions, then let me know. You can just let me know on Instagram, Veronica E. Grant. Again, send me a DM. If you want to be coached on the show by me for free, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast and scroll all the way to the bottom. And there you'll find a link that says want to be coached on the show for free, then you click that link and you'll fill out a quick Google form. And then when I am scheduling those calls, I will get in contact with you and we will get something on the calendar. 
We are getting ready to create the 2022 Love Life Connection production calendar. So um, this is a really great time to either let me know that you want to be coached on the show or any topic or guest suggestions because we will be doing that definitely for Q1 and Q2 of next year super, super soon. All right. That being said, enough of the business. Let's move on to the meat of the show because I have a feeling you probably clicked play on this episode, either A, because you just listened to all the shows on this podcast, which is awesome. Thank you. Or because we're talking about attachment styles. Now, I talk a lot about inner child work, but I very rarely invoke the phrase attachment styles. But I know that it's a really hot topic in the area of love life and relationships and dating and all that kind of stuff. And I haven't really had a show dedicated dedicated to it. I know that it's come up before, but not a show where I can say, listen to this, and this will tell you everything you need to know about attachment styles. And so that's why I invited my friend Madeline onto the show. Madeline is a therapist and love coach. And I came across her um, earlier this year, actually, she invited me to be a part of her summit. And I had a really great time connecting with her really enjoyed her. And it just I really value the work that she does, because I, I do think there's a lot of fluff in the dating coaching love coaching space. And I just really appreciate how she, she also really gets down into doing the inner work, the deep work. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, you might also recognize Madeline's name or her podcast, The Irresistible Woman, because she was also in my uh, Worthy in Love podcast tour that we just completed. So if you didn't listen to the podcast tour, if you didn't listen to Madeline, then you can head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash pod tour. And there you can still sign up for the podcast tour that is over and done with. But all of those shows, I mean, they are living on the host podcast right now, but I've created a list of all of the shows, all of the episodes that were a part of the podcast tour. And that way you can still listen to all of the great content because there are some really, really wonderful, wonderful episodes there. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash pod tour. All right, so today's a little bit different. So I've had guests on the show before, obviously, that's nothing new. But Madeline and I decided that we really wanted to dive into attachment style and attachment theory and what it means and the styles there are and how you might develop one style over another. And also, of course, how to overcome insecure attachment styles. And so Madeline and I decided to do a two-parter. So this week, she is on my show, and she is talking all about what attachment theory is, where it comes from, what the styles are, um, how you might develop a style, how the different styles might date each other or be in relationship or not be in relationship with each other. And then next week, I'm going to be on her show, The Irresistible Woman. And I'm going to be talking about how you can use inner child work to overcome some of those more insecure or unhealthy attachment styles. So I'm really excited to team up with her. Again, I really appreciate the work that she does. And um, I'm just excited for you to get to know her. So without further ado, let's dive into my episode with Madeline. And then again, make sure next Next week, you listen to me on her show, The Irresistible Woman. All right, let's get to it. Hi, Madeline. Welcome to the Love Life Connection. I'm super excited you're here. Oh my gosh. I am thrilled to be here, Veronica. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. It feels good. to. I've been getting into more of a flow of having guests back on the show. I, I typically have, at least I say that I typically have one guest a month, but it's been like that kind of, but also kind of not. So it, it feels good to be getting back into the flow. I love connecting with other folks. And also, you know, I never want to pretend like I know everything. So I just love like having, you know, different kinds of experts on the show, just to talk about things, learn things, all that kind of stuff. So thank you so much for being here. And um, this show is, or this guest appearance, I guess is a little bit different because 
you're on my show this week. And then next week, I'm going to be on your show for part two of what we're talking about, which is all about attachment theory, attachment styles, how to shift your attachment style, all that kind of stuff. So just so that everyone knows who's listening, you're here, you're listening to part one. So you're exactly where you need to be. And then if you want to hear us continue the conversation, then make sure you head over to Madeline's podcast, which is the Irresistible Woman podcast, which um, you can find wherever you're listening to this show. I'm pretty sure definitely Apple, (laughs) maybe Spotify, (laughs) Stitcher, all the things. And listen to that. So if you're listening to this show in real time, uh, this episode is being released, what, I think October 28th, and then Madeline's will go live the following Friday. So, well, not like tomorrow, but like the following Friday. So November 5th. So if you're listening in real time, you might have to wait about a week to hear part two, but if you're listening a little bit late, then um, you can just go right ahead over to Madeline's podcast, subscribe and download this show and listen to part two. So with that being said, we are talking about a hot topic, um, attachment theory, attachment styles. It's probably the most common question beyond, you know, so-and-so is being emotionally unavailable. Why do I attract emotionally unavailable people? All that kind of stuff. So, and honestly, they kind of go together too. So just take a moment to introduce yourself to my audience. Yeah. Okay. I'm so glad to be here with everyone. So my name is Madeline Charles. I am a licensed therapist and love coach, and I work specifically with women that feel really anxious and insecure in their love lives because hello, that was me (laughs) textbook, anxious attachment. So I'm really excited to share what I've learned today. Awesome. Well, I think a lot of people can relate to that. I know I can certainly relate to that. I think I definitely had more of, you know, it's funny. I will, and we'll talk about this, but when I first read, um, what's the main book that everyone reads? Is it attached? That's what it's called. Right. That's the one that like most people read, but there's a lot of books out, out there about this. Um, I don't know. I could, I could personally identify with all of the style. So we'll, we'll talk about that and, and what that might mean. Um, so let's just start right with, let's just start at the very beginning. So tell us what is attachment style? What does that mean when people say attachment theory, attachment styles, what does all that mean? Yeah, such a great question. And I'm excited to help people just have some clarity around this because it is such a buzzword like you shared. And so in a nutshell, your attachment style is something that is developed in your early years of upbringing. And it's been influenced by the way your connection with your primary caregivers has been. And so those kind of early messages you received around, what does it mean to get my needs met? How do I give and receive love? What does it mean when I express emotions? And so some of those like really core beliefs around safety, belonging, connection are imprinted in those early, early ages of development. And we found this out through attachment theory, uh, watching young toddlers, you know, interact with their parents. And we saw that sometimes those children would feel really ambivalent and cold when their parent was trying to give them love and attention. They would kind of like shy away from that. Other times if the parent, you know, left the room for a little bit, that child would become really emotionally explosive and like go looking for them. And so we started seeing these patterns around, okay, these core needs of feeling safe, belonging, you know, there's themes here and how that is being expressed and developed. And so that's attachment styles and attachment theories in a nutshell. I like to take it a step further to say, yeah, what happened to you in your childhood is important, but especially as women, like, let's look at how from childhood on, you've been learning how to get your needs met. You've been learning what it means to be a woman in society today. Like there's other layers to it. And so I think that it's important to understand 
how it's been showing up for you from the beginning and then also, you know, where it takes you to this point today. Yeah, I, I think that's, I, I think that's, I think I just, I'm so fascinated by all of this and obviously inner child work plays a lot along right with this. And this is, you know, a lot of the work that I do, I just kind of want to nerd out for a second. So does our attachment style come from how we related to our caregivers in the way you described? Is it like a nature thing? Is it a nurture thing? Like are some of us born more anxious, more avoidant or more, you know, whatever? Yeah, it's such a great question. My understanding is that there is a combination. And so the thing is like, even if you're maybe genetically predisposed to a certain attachment style, how you are nurtured and your upbringing really influences it. And then the good news is no matter where you land on the attachment style spectrum, it's malleable. So you're not set yeah. in stone with us forever. It's not like a life sentence. And that's, you know, that's the work we, we do is really exciting to help women. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I I kind of figured. And, you know, this is like true and not just like attachment styles, but I remember my first iteration of my business, I was a health coach. And so when I was in health coach training school, they talked about how like you can be born with various genetic predispositions for, you know, different things, but, you know, you can literally turn on and off those genes based on lifestyle choices. And so I can only imagine that when it comes to things like attachment styles or other various aspects as it relates to mental health, it can be pretty similar. So let's talk about, if you don't mind the attachment styles and then what that might have meant that happened, like, again, how that might tie back to childhood, like what that might've looked like for you. And then how that might be playing out in terms of the attachment style. Does that make, does that make sense? Can we, can we do that? Absolutely. Yeah. So one attachment style, there's three main types. So we'll go over that now, um, is anxious attachment. I'm sure everyone is familiar <laughs> with that. <laughs> um, another buzzword. And so how anxious attachment might have looked or been you know, formed for you in your upbringing is a lot of that kind of mixed messages where perhaps sometimes, you know, mom and dad were around, they were available for connection. They were supportive. You know, if you were crying, someone was there to check in on you but not always. And so it was sometimes like, okay, things feel safe and secure um, in one moment. In the other moment, uh, maybe mom feels distracted or, you know, now dad's just like zoned out at the TV and I'm not quite sure where I fit in with this. And so some of those mixed messages of kind of hot and cold, like love is here. Now it's not starts to get ingrained and we can develop beliefs around, like, it's not safe to be who I am. You know, when I just like have an emotional need I can't rely on others to meet it. Uh, and so we start to sometimes get into that scarcity mindset of like, I really just want to feel safe. And if I can find someone that's going to give me a little bit, I'm going to maybe try to like hunker down and <laughs> make that last for a long time. Even if we don't always know if that's like the best fit for us, because right. the the overwhelming urge is just for like security and consistency even, and so we might override like, okay, but is this person really like equipped to, to provide that? Yeah. And and just to be clear, like this can get developed and, and, and it's not necessarily meaning that you were neglected or right. abused or your parents are bad people anyway, you know, your parents are human. And so sometimes they're just distracted or like, they've got a big thing at work. It's like a five-year-old doesn't necessarily understand that. And so they have nothing to do, but to make it mean something about them. And that's really where the breakdown kind of starts, correct? Yeah. I'm so glad you pointed that out, Veronica, because I think a lot of times we can be like, well, I, my parents did the best they could, of course. They're like, there was nothing like no major event that happened. Like, yeah, I didn't get like 
left on the side of this road, but it's these like little micro moments. And sometimes it can be challenging to think back and be like, okay, like, was there a time where, you know, I felt like things were really inconsistent or mixed messages, or, you know, I, I received a lot of praise and approval if I was like quiet and a good girl, but you know, all of a sudden if I had a tantrum, like things looked a lot different, you know, it can be Mm -hmm. challenging to kind of suss that out, but there can be a lot of great information that comes from that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think probably a lot of people can relate to the anxious attachment style, but for those who can, or for those who aren't sure, um, what can that look like as an adult dating? Yes. So like we talked about that, that desire for certainty and security, it shows up in terms of feeling a sense of urgency in your love life. And so Mm -hmm. you might, Mm -hmm. you know, early attach or quickly develop feelings for a man. You may be really looking at chemistry over compatibility of just like, oh, I'm feeling this emotional hit because I'm getting attention or, um, you know, he's coming towards me more so than looking at, okay, but is the person that's actually here in front of me? Like, is he really a good fit? Um, there's also a lot of hypervigilance that can happen. And so really like reading between the lines, like, you know, taking something at surface level, like, oh, he was texting me every day and now he's, he missed a day and, you know, having that form. Sounds something. like my love life right there. <laughs> Yeah. That was one less exclamation point. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I don't mean to like make a mockery of it. Cause like that stuff really messed with me when I was dating. So if you're there, I, I understand. I really do. Same. Yeah. No, all of this is like so legitimate, <laughs> but you know, it's, yeah, it's looking for those things that reinforce the underlying belief of like, people are going to leave or, you know, love is inconsistent. It comes and it goes there's also a lot of like fantasy creation. And so like putting a man on a pedestal, getting caught up with the idea of what could be. And so that overarching theme is not really staying grounded in the present. You're kind of, you know, 10 steps ahead in your mind, or you're using current experiences to say like, well, like, you know, men always leave. And so that's just, what's going to happen again. And when you're bouncing around between past and present, it's really hard to just like form that solid connection with someone. And there's also that fear of like, I'm too much a lot of times because maybe you've had experiences growing up that validated that. And so it can be challenging to express your needs without fear of feeling needy or clingy. And so, you know, we can tend to stuff that down and try to maintain a connection at all costs. Got it. Got it. Okay. So that's anxious attachment. What is the second main attachment style? Yeah. So avoidant attachment. And so I know this is like another one that, you know, it's a label that we like to throw around. Avoidant attachment can be formed in childhood based on feeling emotionally smothered. So feeling like, oh, like I don't have space. I don't have autonomy. I feel like, you know, maybe mom looked to me to be the parent and that was like really suffocating, or there were these expectations on me that I just couldn't manage. And so how that materializes in adulthood is really uh, prioritizing in your own independence, feeling most comfortable when there's lots of space, lots of distance from others. And it doesn't mean that you don't have supports in your life or people that you're close to, but in terms of romantic and emotional intimacy, that feeling of being smothered can come up even when you really have feelings for someone. It can just be this kind of knee-jerk reaction. It can also be challenging to know what your real feelings are. Like someone asks you like, you know, what's going on? Just tell me how you're feeling. And you might just like clam up and feel really on the spot and struggle in that moment to convey that level of vulnerability that others might be wanting from you. 
because you might need that space to kind of process, be on your own, and then come back around on your own terms. That makes so much sense. And, you know, I've never heard it described that way where it can be where the origination of it is just like smothering, like parenting the parent, like you said, or, or maybe like a parent who was too, um, I don't know, like cautious of their kid and like, don't hurt yourself. And so then they didn't let them fly. So to, so to speak. And then like any other person comes into their life and they're like, ah, it's too much. I can, I can totally, I can totally see that. And so then how would that play out or how would we either recognize that in someone else or in ourselves while we're dating? Yeah. So for anyone that identifies as uh, someone with avoidant attachment, they might, again, they might really desire love. Like they might really want to have that special person in their life. And yet there's this conflicting kind of impulsive reaction that tells them if someone gets too close, you're going to like, everything's going to fall apart. Okay. You know, and so that's the main thing to work through is uh, coming to that place of interdependence where you can feel safe letting someone in and you know that it's not going to kind of swallow you up. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking, you know, before we started recording uh, something that I really identified with and you said this, and I was like, yes, we definitely have to talk about this. So we're talking stereotypically here when a woman who's heterosexual seeking a man stereotypically The woman is anxiously attached and really wants the other. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Person, and then the man, and this is again, all stereotypical. So it's not like this happens 100% of the time by any stretch, but stereotypically then the man is avoidant and we classify avoidant as emotionally unavailable. And kind of just write it off as that, like they're a jerk, they're emotionally unavailable, non-committal, da 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 da. da. I know you have opinions about that, so I would love to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sure do. Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up, Veronica, because I think uh, we just like box ourselves in with this type of classic dynamic, and we we kind of miss the point there. So as I see it, there really are traits of being emotionally unavailable from both sides of the spectrum, whether you're more on the anxious side or avoidant side. And I think that this is a conversation we need to have more because yeah, it's easy to characterize the avoidant guy as like, you're just not showing up. You don't want this. You can't do it. But when we are so um, invested in the idea and almost the fantasy of having a man in our life and we are like prone to overlooking red flags and stuffing down our needs and just trying to play it cool. And uh, all of these things that we can do when we are feeling more anxious, those are all signs of actually being 
unavailable as well. <laughs> so we can think that we're being really available by being like overly accommodating or just like going with the flow or whatever we try to do. But if underneath the surface, that's actually creating a lot of emotional charge, it is a form of self-abandoning yeah. and not being available to your own truth. Totally. Totally. And so I think I can understand how an anxious and an avoidant person might attract each other. Cause I can see how the avoidant person would, well, the anxious person would be playing out there. Well, they, well, they actually both on both sides, they'd both be playing out their patterns from, from childhood. I could totally see that. I can also understand why two avoidant people probably wouldn't date each other because <laughs> they would just be both avoiding each other and everyone be happy. But is it ever possible for two anxious people to be dating each other? And if so, what would that look like? Yeah. Yeah. So it's totally possible. And what that can look like is just a lot of reassuring, a lot of checking in, you know, understanding each other's needs and really just having that open level of communication. So it's interesting because those are the same things that you might experience if you're with a more securely attached partner. And so because attachment styles are malleable, those two anxious people can pretty well settle into something where it's like, okay, like, yeah, we're learning our healthy communication skills. Like we're putting into practice both the things that maybe we've been wanting to experience in previous relationships. And then, yeah, you're able to settle that. It's, that's actually interesting you say that because, okay, so my people who listen to me know that I'm kind of into like reality dating shows. Um, most recently is 90 Day Fiance. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a couple of, I'm watching season eight right now, but I'm totally new. So eventually I will find the time to go back to season one and then go from the beginning. But anyways, for right now I'm in season eight and I can think of at least one couple and I'm sure there's others that I'm not thinking of that, that actually now that, now that you say that I'm like, oh yeah, they are both anxiously attached. And like, cause some of the, some of the relationships I see and I'm like, that's total train wreck. Like they just need to break up, like, and just call it a day. And then there's some where I'm like, no, I really feel like they could make it work. They just need to work on communication. And I feel like that's that, like they're both anxiously attached and they just need like a coach or a therapist or just a really solid third party to just like, let's just work on some communication. Cause like, yeah. Oh my God. Okay. This is, this is, this is super helpful for me to see that. I, I love that. Um, okay. So I think we know, but what's the third attachment style? Yeah. So the third is secure attachment and that's, uh, you know, a beautiful place to land, which again, anyone can arrive at. Um, but that's where you strike that balance of interdependence. And so you allow someone in, you know, you're not scared off by commitment, but you also have healthy pacing, healthy boundaries, healthy communication. And another kind of trademark of that is that it's easy to find a partner and not because, you know, you're desperate or you're lowering your standards, but because you're able to really kind of see the whole person for who they are. So like, you don't have people in like high on a pedestal and you also aren't holding people to unrealistic expectations. You're kind of just like, yeah, everyone has their stuff. And like, that's cool. I can work with it. You know, you have a more balanced view of what compatibility is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're, you're more likely to find someone that you feel like is a great fit. And then also have those kind of more natural abilities to make it last. Yeah. Yeah. And then so do you have to have like perfect parents in order to be naturally <laughs> securely attached? Like who are those people? <laughs> 
I know. Yeah. No. So like okay, the good news is no matter where you are right now, secure attachment is available for you. You know, it is a matter of unlearning certain things and learning new tools. Um, and that's, what's really exciting for me. I'm sure you've seen this in your work as well, Veronica, like helping women get to that point where they're like, Oh, like I don't have to hold this identity as an anxious data forever. Like I'm not doomed to this. It's like, no, you actually have a lot more no power than that. <laughs> ah, yeah, totally. And so I know there's like some, like, and we don't do it through all of them, but I know there's like other smaller types, like there's chaotic and maybe dismissive. And then isn't there anxious avoidant? Like the two opposites go together. Can you just briefly talk on those? Yeah. So there are some kind of like subcategories we can say, uh, where they are a little bit of a blend. And what's interesting is a lot of times women will be like, I think I'm both of them or I'm all of them. And it's like, yes, like that makes sense. So we use, I like to use attachment styles as like a guideline. It's not at all meant to be a box that you try to fit yourself into yeah, understanding yes. that, you know, different relationships will bring out different sides of, of your attachment style. So you may have been like, yeah, like I've always felt really safe and secure in my relationships, but this one guy, like, wow, like really threw me for a loop. And, and that's to be expected as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm glad you said that because I remember when I first read attached, I was like, oh, I'm totally anxiously attached. Like that's me to a T, but then I would read the avoidance section. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like me too. And then, you know, so that makes, that makes a lot of sense to me. And so talk to me about how you use this knowledge. Cause, cause um, one thing that I get concerned about with people coming to me and they're like, oh, I'm anxiously attached or I'm this or I'm that. Um, and, and I would say this about any kind of personality quizzes, whether it's like astrology or Myers-Briggs or um, God, there's so many, I'm like having a brain fart right now. I can't think of others, but um, it's like where we overly attach and like, oh, that is me. <laughs> I am that. And I, I just really feel like if we overly identify with something, then we'll just start playing into it, whether or not it's, you know, cause nothing's absolute truth. Like no one is 100% anxiously attached, you know, even though it might feel like that at times. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what your perspective is on how to use these styles or, or like know this information as, as tools, but then also not getting the lack of a better phrase attached to attachment <laughs> styles. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that question. Um, Cause I think a lot of times we can, we, we find safety in like having a label, you know, it gives yeah. us a sense of certainty. Like we understand what's going on, but then we kind of like stay stuck there. And there's so much beyond just that label. So I feel like when you move beyond the label of your attachment style, like that's where things really open up in your love life, because it means you have to be present with yourself. Like you've got to get below the surface. You've got to open up to complexities and nuances and the things like, and just intimacy, right? That's what it's about. Um, The things that we miss when we just are like, I'm anxious, period. It's like, okay, but there could be so much more available to you if you allow yourself to like really dig in and, and be with it. And you know, it can be helpful to understand your patterns around it. And then it's like, okay, if I wanted to step into more secure attachment within myself, if I recognize that that part of me exists, that's really like a way that I teach it is like, yeah, you might have your default patterns, but your capacity for being secure is already within you. And so it's like, all right, let me start shifting my focus into that way of being. Totally. Um, I'll just share this. I think people listening will appreciate it. Um, so I worked with the coach a few years ago and one thing that she really helped me, she's, she's an amazing coach, but one thing that she really helped me do was, you know, I would always say things like, 
I can be so neurotic or I'm so this, or I'm so that. And so, and I just like would really just sink my teeth in and just dig in like, yes, this is who I am. And like, this is why I can't have this or accomplish that or whatever. But one thing that she helped me do was just simply add in the phrase in the past. So in the past, I've been anxiously attached or in the past, I've been really stressed about X, Y, Z and what that helps. And and it seems like, no, like, what does that even do? Or what is like no big deal? But like, I found just like a total energy shift. It's like, oh, like this thing, this tendency that I've done, like it's no longer in present time. And that doesn't mean I'll never be, you know, anxiously attached or never have whatever, you know, habit that I'm trying to change be present again, but it certainly helps just to create a little bit of space between, you know, Veronica, the human and whatever, you know, actions this human is, is taking. And, and from there, then I find it so much easier to do exactly what you're talking about, which is like introducing some other tools and habits that will, you know, lead to more, um, you know, secure styles. I love that. I think that's such a powerful exercise. Um, cause I think sometimes we can, we put so much pressure on like, oh my gosh, I did my anxious thing again or whatever. Like it's never going to change, but giving yourself that space to be like, okay, like there's a new way that can form. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on to the show. This was a really wonderful conversation and we will continue this conversation on your podcast next week. And, And that is called just to remind everyone, the irresistible woman podcast. And this time, I'll be in the hot seat and Madeline will be asking me about how to do the inner child work to begin to release these patterns um, and create more secure attachment style tools and patterns and habits and all that kind of good stuff in, in your life. So we'll see you all there next week on again, Madeline's show. Um, but before I let you go here, you know, if my listeners want to get in touch with you or find you on the interwebs, other than your podcast, how can they do that? Yeah. Well, it's been so great being here with you today, Veronica. And so for everyone that wants to dive in deeper, I want to offer my free masterclass. It's called Sexy, Successful, and Secure in Love. And um, you'll learn more over there. Awesome. And we'll put the link to that in the show notes so you can just scroll there wherever you're listening and tap that and sign up. All right, Madeline, thank you so much again for coming onto the show. It's been a real treat and I'm really excited about being on your show next week. Yes. Thank you. See everyone over there soon. I want to take a quick pause here to remind you that if you haven't already, you got to block out an hour on your calendar and check out my workshop, The Five-Step Strategy to Banish Anxiety and Overwhelm in Your Love Life, so you can attract a fulfilling partnership and live a life of purpose. It's completely free, and in the workshop, I break down exactly why you're in the dating pattern you're in, how to take the confidence you feel in the rest of your life and apply it to your dating life, and so much more. If you like my style, philosophy, and how I coach women on the show, this workshop will help you get started in your own deep work. And for those of you who want to understand the why behind what I do on the show, I even dig a bit into the science of love so you can start to see real change in your own love life. It's really all my best work in one place and you can access it right now. I strongly believe you don't have to spend years in therapy or read every dating self-help book to dramatically transform your love life. Grab your seat over at veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop. And now back to the show. 
Thank you so much, Madeline, for coming onto the show. And thank you all so much for listening. And if you are new from Madeline's podcast, welcome, welcome. I hope you stay. Make sure you hit subscribe. And next week, we've got a brand new coaching episode. So you'll get to hear a little bit about what love coaching is, specifically the way I do it, you know, using inner child work to overcome patterns and uh, habits that we can't seem to to break in love. You know, if you've ever been in a place where you're like, next time, I'm not going to ignore that red flag, or next time, I'm not going to have sex before we're exclusive, but then you do, then you might want to look into some of the underlying forces that might be driving your behavior and inner child work I see is the window, or it's really actually the bridge between what you know you think you should do uh, versus what you actually do in your real life. So I hope you stick around. And one thing that we talked about in really both of the episodes, but this episode in particular, I want to highlight is, you know, Madeline talked about how we think of the avoidant style as being the emotionally unavailable style. And that certainly is, right? Like when you're avoidant, obviously you're emotionally unavailable to another person. But being anxiously attached is also a form of emotional unavailability. It's just not as stereotypical. And so we don't think of those behaviors as actually not being emotionally available for the relationship that we want. And so this is something that I've actually been running with for a long time and something that I've noticed in, you know, women and the clients that I work with really since the beginning that I started my business. You know, one of the very first things that I did in my business is create the date yourself challenge. And I run that once a year. And probably the number one aha that most of the people get who go through that challenge is like, oh my gosh, I'm also emotionally unavailable. But it's like not in those stereotypical avoidant ways that you know, show up in men sometimes, right? There's other ways. So I created an emotional availability assessment. So what you'll do is you'll download the assessment and then I'll walk you through how to score yourself so you can score your own emotional availability. And then depending on what score you'll get, I have next steps for you. So depending again, what your number is, you know, you might be in a really great spot to to date. And then of course, I'll let you know that. And then sometimes if your score is below a certain threshold, dating might feel a little bit like spinning tires, like you're doing all the work, but not going anywhere. And a lot of times that's actually because you're not really emotionally available for the relationship that you want. So I walk you through exactly what to do if that's the case for you. So you can download this assessment for free at veronicagrant.com forward slash assessment. And again, if you haven't listened to part two yet, if you're listening to this after November 5th, then that episode is already available over at Madeline's podcast, The Irresistible Woman. And if you are listening before November 5th, 2020, 21, then that episode will be out shortly. But you can go ahead and head over to her podcast and get all ready for that episode to be released and hear part two, which will be again, more about the how to use the inner child work to shift the patterns you don't want to be in anymore. All right, my dear, I will see you over on Madeline's podcast. And I will see you next week here on the love life connection with a brand new episode. One more thing, you may be wondering, but Veronica, how do I start doing the deep work? I'm ready to make a shift. If that's you, I recommend you start with my totally free workshop, Five Steps to Ending Overwhelm and Anxiety in Dating. The good news is that you don't have to do all the things to find love. This workshop will walk you through the five big shifts that'll give you the biggest bang for your buck. You'll learn a step-by-step game plan to finally get unstuck and unblocked in love and end the cycle of dead-end relationships. You'll learn the number one reason most highly successful, motivated, and ambitious women struggle in love and what you can do to make sure it doesn't happen to you. You'll learn how to figure out the real reason you're attracting partners who aren't emotionally available or toxic or just simply not on your intellectual or emotional level. 
And you'll also learn the single most effective way to tap into the inner confidence you feel in your career and elsewhere in your life so that it'll carry over into your love life. And of course, a lot more. If you're ready to shift things in your life, I seriously can't wait for you to get your hands on this. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop to sign up. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find the show notes to this episode and all previous episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review the show. It really helps. I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.